the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Beauty is fading, and living in this life will always lose its luster. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles, with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. For today's Core Truth, we start a new message titled Moment of Truth in John chapter 12. Have you ever been faced with a moment of truth? It's when everything's exposed. It's when the rubber meets the road. It's when reality stares us in the face. Yes, there comes a day for every single person who has ever lived when we must face the truth. It was Winston Churchill that said this, men stumble over the truth at times, but most pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing ever happened, end quote. And now why is that? Well, the truth can be harsh. And it can certainly be hard to swallow at times. Yes, sometimes the truth hurts. Plus, it can cost us. That's why a lot of Americans struggle with telling the truth. In a survey of 40,000 Americans, 93% admitted to lying regularly at work. 96 admitted lying just for lying's sake. It's not just at work. People lie at the drop of a hat. Like when our wives ask us, does this outfit make me look not so good? And from men around the world and over every globe on the planet here, you know, they will say to me uh, unanimously, oh, absolutely not. You look great. You look great. They might look like they got dressed in the closet with the lights turned out, but it doesn't matter. You look great. Yes, the truth is not always easy to speak, nor is it what most people want to hear. Have you noticed how restaurants are now putting, you know, how many calories are in each entree as if we wanted to know that? Like, I don't want to know that. Like when you go to Cheesecake Factory, they hand you two menus now. One's the regular menu that's like 40 pages long. And the other one's the Skinny-licious menu. Get that thing out of here. I don't want to, you know, I'm going out to eat. I don't know. Think Skinny-licious? Yes, there are, there are many things we don't want to know or to be known, like personal secrets that we share with our friends. Those are the truths that are not to be shared with others. It was Albert Einstein that said this, quote, whoever is careless with the truth in small matters cannot be trusted with important matters. And on an even bigger scale is the truth of God's word. We as Christians have been given the great privilege and honor to be bearers of his truth. Jesus said that we should be set apart in the truth and that God's word 
is truth. Jesus also said in John 8.32 that we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. Isn't that the desire of really everybody on planet earth is to be free? To live in a spiritual freedom? To have a joy that's inside of us? Yes, we can know the truth. And as you know, Jesus claimed to be the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Well, today, in light of our title, A Moment of Truth, we will consider three points. Seeking truth. There are those that were seeking truth here in our context today. Just like today, there are still those, as crazy as our world is, that seek the truth. Now, there's many that have itching ears, and they only want to hear what they want to hear. And like Jesus said, you know, the road to destruction is wide, and there's many that go that way. But the road to life is narrow, and there's only few that find it. So it was that way when Jesus spoke those words, and it's still that way today. But there are still those that say, look, I don't care how much it hurts. I just want to know the truth. I don't want to be deceived. Just give me the goods. Well, we're going to see those that are seeking truth in our text today. Number two, our point will be knowing his time. Jesus was always saying, it's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. But now he's saying, oh, it's my time. He knew when his time was. And number three, hiding their faith. There are those that have a faith. It's a real faith, yet they hide that faith. Well, let's look at our first point, seeking truth, as we read, picking up from where we left off in our last study. So we'll pick up in John chapter 12, verse 20. It says, now there were some Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. This, of course, is the feast of the Passover. These uh, then came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee. And he began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Well, Philip came and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Talking about us dying to ourselves, And when we die to ourselves and our wants and we live for him, we will bear much fruit. Verse 25, he who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. We'll stop there for a moment. Well, this is an interesting situation that we have here. We have Greeks who wish to see Jesus. So Andrew and Philip brought them to Jesus. Now, it's interesting to note here that every time we read of Andrew in the Bible, he is always bringing someone to Jesus. Now, I'm sure he did many other things in his his time as a disciple with Jesus. But the one thing that we know about him, and we only read about him when he's mentioned in the scripture, is he's always bringing someone to Jesus. First, in John 1, we, have, we see uh, him bringing his brother Simon Peter to Jesus. In John chapter 6, we see him bring a small boy with five loaves and two fish to Jesus to feed what was 
probably some 15 to 20,000 people. The Bible says there was 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. And now he's bringing these Greeks to seek Jesus. If only we would do the same today. For there are so many around us who are looking for the answers to life itself. People are asking things like, why am I here? Why do I exist? What is my purpose? Do I have a purpose? Is there something more to my life than what I'm seeing? Because I'm not seeing a lot in this life with me now anyway. And we have, as Christians, we have the answers to those questions. See, these Greeks were seeking the truth. These Greeks were looking for answers. These men from Greece were looking for life. Understand, Greece was considered to be the center of human wisdom in the day here. They prided themselves in philosophy, the pursuit of wisdom and and knowledge. They thought of themselves as as a civilized society, yet they were very open and free about their pursuit of pleasure. They figured, well, that's maybe why we're here in life, just to pursue pleasure. How much pleasure can we have? They had no absolutes. They did what they thought was right in their own eyes, just like many do here in America also. It's like they combined the Nike shoe mentality of, hey, just do it, with the Las Vegas slogan of what, hey, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. They just combined it all. Yet many fail to recognize by doing that, they fail to recognize that there will be a price to pay for their sin one day. When you do whatever you want to do, there will be a price to pay. It's called reaping what you sow. For we, along with all of society, will have to pay for every sin, everything we do. Things from sexual perversion to all the little vices that have a grip in our lives. Along with the corruption that we see in our world today at all levels. I wonder if these Greeks who were seeking Jesus had maybe seen it all. Maybe they were just empty, as many people are here in America. For we are a people who have much, yet we are so empty. Spoiled with all the toys of technology that dazzle our senses, yet leave our souls empty and void inside. I wonder if these Greeks stood back and watched Jesus at a distance for a while before approaching him. Obviously, they know about the fact that he raised this man, Lazarus, from the dead, who was dead for four days, because that's the scuttlebutt. Everyone's talking about that. But maybe they just were left with asking, who is this man? How does he do the things that he does? How does he speak the way that he speaks? He speaks with such power. He speaks with with passion. He, He speaks with such conviction. Well, I'm not sure what all they were thinking, but one thing I do know is this. There was something different about Jesus that attracted them to him. It wasn't like walking into some dead church service. I'm sure we've all been part of those. You walk in and all you're thinking is, oh, Lord, just let it in quickly. Just put me out of my misery. Get me out of here. Well, see, when Jesus spoke, he wasn't like that. It wasn't dead. It wasn't filled with rigor mortis. No. When Jesus spoke, he spoke and it made sense. It was like he was talking directly to you and through you. 
And these Greeks, they wanted more of him. For Jesus is the only one who can fill the black hole of emptiness that resides in the heart of each and every one of us. The void that cannot be filled with anything that this world has to offer. Why? Because God made us with a God-shaped void that only he can fill. Could you imagine if you could fill your your every whim with a chocolate shake? Oh, God, it's like I'm so satisfied. Now, now I will say a good chocolate shake does satisfy at that moment. But could you imagine if everything could be filled with a chocolate chip cookie? Listen, nothing satisfies for long. That's the problem. And that's what attracted these men to Jesus, these Greeks. Listen to what Jesus said again in verse 25. He says, he who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world shall keep until life eternal. See, Jesus added to that in the gospel of Matthew, in Matthew 16, 26, he says, for what will a man or a woman profit if they were to gain the whole world yet forfeit or lose their own soul? Like, what do you have if you were to gain the biggest house in Beverly Hills? What if you had in your garage a Rolls Royce, you had a Bentley SUV, you had a Ferrari, you had everything that you could have, the beautiful swimming pool, you had everything, but yet in the end, you forfeit or lose your soul. What do you profit if you had all of that? Yes, Jesus gives us insight to the true meaning of life. He addresses the very core of our beings and he uses terms that at first appeared to be nothing more than than an oxymoron. It flies in the face of conventional wisdom. The world tells us to gain more wisdom, does it not? Oh, you have to have wisdom. You have to have education. You have to have more degrees. You have to be more driven to succeed than everybody else. You have to want it. You have to go for it. You have to just do everything. You have to sell out to your business. Know those in high places because it's you are who you know. You have to exceed everything that's set before you. You have to embrace new heights. Yet that might be fine for a career, but is that all? And what happens for that person that does give their whole life to business, their whole life to gain more and more and more? What happens when the dust settles at the end of your life? For those that made their mark, why are their hearts Still empty. As all these old rock bands come out from the 60s and 70s. And let's let's have another tour. Let's go out of retirement. Let's hit it one more time. One more time. You know, we have the Rolling Stones out there. It's like, oh my goodness, they're saying, you know, you know, time is on my side. Hey, Mick and Rich. (laughs) It's like Keith Richards. Go look in the mirror. Time is not on your side, baby. (laughs) Okay. And it's like, but see, they have more money. Well, how much money do you think Mick Jagger and Keith Richards have? I mean, it's like they have everything you could possibly buy on planet Earth, but it's not enough. You got to get out there as old men and you got to bring it back again so you have the applause of men one more time because that's all that satisfies. And that's gone as soon as the last clap is gone. Yes, listen to this. Boredom is inescapable. Beauty is fading. 
And living in this life will always lose its luster. Jesus says, if you saved your life, you saved your aspirations, your desires, your plans, your purposes, you will lose your life. Yet, he says, if you lose your life for me, you lose your aspirations, your desires, your plans, and your purposes for me, then you will gain your life. How many try to, quote, save their lives by simply doing what they think is right in their own eyes, reaching out to what they think will make them happy. We see this magnified here where we live in Hollywood and Beverly Hills and Brentwood and Santa Monica. It's magnified before us, isn't it? They're the most beautiful and successful people in the world. They live right here, making an incredible amount of money. Isn't that what most people desire? Isn't that in the back of almost everyone's head in the back? Oh, geez. Oh, if that was just me, if I could just be so good looking, if I could just be so talented, if I could have endless amounts of money and fame and all of these things. Yet how has that Hollywood model, how has it worked out? Not so good. How many more divorces and live-in breakups do we need to see to show us that money cannot buy us happiness? Miley Cyrus, she left her husband for another girl, and she's already left the other girl, and she's broke up with her. Katie Holmes had Mr. Hubba Hubba, Tom Cruise. She was married to him. She left him, and then she lives living with Jamie Foxx, and well, now they're broke up, and they're done. Adele, she's divorced. Jennifer Aniston's divorced. Johnny Depp, Ben Stiller, Gwyneth Paltrow, all divorced again, again. Okay, when will it all end? Guess what? It will never end. It will never end. Money, fame, success can buy you multiple houses, but it cannot buy you a family. It can buy you a bed. It cannot buy you sleep. Money can buy us cars and clothes and endless gadgets and exotic vacations. It can buy you everything in life, but satisfaction. Only Jesus can deliver that. Amen. Which brings up our second point, knowing his hour. Yes, Jesus came to deliver all of humanity. And that's why he said in verse 23, his hour has come. Know this, his death is the single biggest event in all of human history. For Jesus came to die for the sin of all humanity and his resurrection guarantees to the true believer a future in heaven. Yes, for those of us who repent of our sins, those of us who are born again from above, we are now able to find true satisfaction from the black hole of emptiness. Let's read what Jesus goes on to say as we pick up again, picking up in John chapter 12, verse 27. Jesus said, now my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came for this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. 
I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. And others were saying, well, an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. And the crowd then answered him, we have heard out of the law that the Christ, the Messiah is to remain forever then how can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? So Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so the darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become the sons of light. These things Jesus spoke, and he went away, and he hid himself from them. We'll stop there. Notice how Jesus said in verse 27, my soul has become troubled. Yes, the plan from the beginning was that Jesus, the Savior, would die, that the Creator would come and die for his own creation. Know this, we have all sinned. The Bible says, all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. Oh, we try to butter that up. We try to like, oh, I'm such a good person. Tell me how wonderful I am. Tell me I'm a champion. Tell me I'm just over exude and just everything in life. And I'm so wonderful. No, the Bible says, you have sinned. You have fallen short of the glory of God and you are in need of a savior. Not many people want to hear that truth. But that's how God looks at us. You are lost and you are in need of a savior. Yes, and God came along and he lived among us. And he came to show us a new way. God came to buy us back from the bondage of sin and death. Yet verse 27 says that, Jesus speaking, my soul was troubled. In the original Greek language, that means that he was agitated that he was filled with anxiety, not because he was going to be tortured and then crucified, for he went on to say, for it was for this purpose that he came. The part that agitated Jesus was knowing that the sin of the world was going to be poured upon his sinless body. First Peter 3.18 puts it like this, for Christ also died for sins Once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but he was made alive in the spirit. Yes, Jesus died as a sacrifice for humanity's sin. That's truth, and that's why he came. Consider the contrast between Jesus Christ and Alexander the Great, who is considered by some historians as the greatest man in secular history. Both of them, Alexander the Great and Jesus Christ, both died at the age of 33. 
Alexander the Great died in Babylon. Jesus died at Golgotha, Calvary, on this hill of the skull. Alexander gained all for himself. Jesus gave himself for all. Alexander the Great conquered every throne. Jesus conquered every grave. Alexander made all men slaves. Jesus made all men free. Alexander built his kingdom on killing life. Jesus built his kingdom on giving life. Alexander the Great won all the earth only to lose it all in the end along with heaven. Well, Jesus lost his life only to rise again and gain heaven and earth for all of eternity. Alexander the Great is dead. He's buried and he's waiting judgment. While Jesus Christ is alive forevermore as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. That's all the time we have for today's message, but please continue to join us this week as we go through the Gospel of John in chapters 12 and 13. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.